How's it going, man? Hey, good, Jay. Good, good. How about you? Yeah, good. Good, good. Is Shannon on? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Can you see me? Yeah, hello. <laughs> all right. How's it going where you are? Are you locked down or are you? Um, you know, uh, are we locked down? <laughs> We've been locked down, unlocked so many times. I'm trying to think. I mean, we're, we're, um, we are kind of still locked down, but we're, we're almost free. I mean, we can, we can sit down outside of restaurants and stuff like that, but we can't yeah. uh, can't quite party like we were before back in two, yeah. you know, twenty twenty. Yeah. But you know, this is our third one, isn't it, Shannon? This is our third one, I think. Yeah, but hopefully it's ending soon. Yeah. <laughs> what about yeah. you guys? Are you, are you guys locked down still, or? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, things are getting like better because some restrictions have been lifted but we've still got to see how it goes i think so yeah, well we can get a few gigs in end of april i think hopefully but again no one still doesn't know what was what's going on so day by day i think we're taking it at the minute day by day we'll eventually <laughs> we'll eventually get out of it but uh you know it's just one of those things but but you know that's a that's a great topic for me to start off for for uh with both of you is you know how has covid um affected your life and, and your music you know i mean what what were you doing pre-covid and how did you you know cope with the whole thing and continuing to to do your music so I, I don't know if it's the same uh, for Shannon. Um, I assume it, it may be, but we are, I was sort of doing quite a few gigs. Um, I know Shannon does a lot of gigs in London as well, and she'll touch on that. But yeah, we were obviously doing lots of gigs. Um, it was building up, and then all of a sudden we went into, you know, our third lockdown. And even at the start of lockdown, what I found it did, although with what went on, it gave me a bit more time to focus on, you know, the writing side of of things and you know in in hindsight with what i'm doing obviously with the ep and little projects as well it's given me time to do sort of different projects and actually sit down and focus a bit more creatively um but yeah it's frustrating obviously you want to go out and do the gigs and i don't know shannon if you're the same or mm. yeah so i was getting quite a few gigs at the beginning of january um i'd done I'd done a headline show in February um, at a cocktail bar in London and it went really well. And then I'd met someone at the same gig as me and we were getting gigs together, like post that. Yeah. And then obviously come March, uh, everything just stopped. And yeah. like I had so many things coming up that were just cancelled and it was quite crushing because, you know, any, anyone would feel like that if, if they were given an opportunity and that was just taken away. So, but I mean, it, kind of gave me time to start actually recording my own music because I'd only kind of done rough demos of my stuff before because I never really had the time to officially think about releasing my stuff in a proper way and I was like right this is the time for me to um, invest in my own recording equipment because I was um, meeting up with producers and, and trying to get into studios but then studios are closed as well as gigs so I couldn't even do that so I was like right I'm gonna have to just do everything at home 
So I started recording my own music last year after the first lockdown, well, during the first lockdown, and then I had a few releases out. Um, and I, it's just been carrying on since then, really. Um, still recording music and, and writing more stuff just until we can perform again. And I think so, that's the thing as yeah. well, isn't it? It's given us a different side of, you know, things like recording and stuff like that, which we maybe wouldn't normally focus on. But because we've yeah. had so many lockdowns, Jeff, it's hard to get any momentum on anything that we've wanted to do. I think it's all stop and start. You get a gig, you then stop again. And yeah, so hopefully we can just get through it now and get some momentum on everything, I think. Hopefully so. Song as well. <laughs> yeah, so I think there's definitely been a lot of good that's come out of it, despite all the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's, i think it's really given me a drive to actually start my music career like or even like just developing it further with the actual official releases of music so yeah kind of giving us a kick up the bum a little bit I think. <laughs> <laughs> most definitely no i mean it, it it but that's what i'm hearing a lot is from artists is that it's been a great time to reflect and kind of think about what you really want to do and kind of change course of direction but it, it's actually been a positive thing for a lot of people mm. yeah yeah i think i think it's worse like if, if that's not just music as well i think that's sort of just in general in terms of what people were doing before and it's almost like restarting from scratch really you know like people getting into different sports or different jobs and things like that i think it's yeah not just music but hopefully mm. we'll be back to normal <laughs> I, yeah, I my know job the changed as well. So I was working in a gig venue, which I thought, oh, great opportunities to play at a brand new gig <laughs> venue in King's Cross, you know, and then that shut down. So I lost my job as well. That was helping me fund my music stuff. So yeah. um, <laughs> I had to find a whole new job as well as trying to climb my way up through the music hole I was in. So yeah. <laughs> that wasn't fun. But If you get your job back, I'll come do a gig in King's Cross. <laughs> Little plug. Yeah, literally. Once, once, once it's back up, we'll we'll storm our way through there and yeah. and play a gig. Probably be another yeah. four months, but we'll see. <laughs> you guys will get back out there. I mean, I, I know it's been a challenge, and you know, it's just like it's just crazy. I mean, for me, I was a bit of a brat. I mean, when it first happened, I was just like, no, we don't have time for this. This is, you know, we got plans, we got things that we want to do. And then about a couple months into it, I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. And I'm also grateful, you know, that I'm, I'm alive and most everybody I know is alive and unaffected by the virus. So, you know what I mean? It was like, it went through yeah. phases. At first, I was rebelling, and then afterwards, I was like, you know what, man? I'm breathing, right? Like, you know, it's, I'm here. A lot of people are not here. So, I mean, right? No, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. But I'm so happy that you guys have fared okay and that you're doing okay because, you know, it's just one of those things that just um, – came out of nowhere and i always make it a point in all the interviews to talk about covid and and you know how it affected everybody because i think it's just so universal and uh yeah and i think i think sometimes as well you forget don't you because everyone's sort of caught up in their own little bubble um yeah. and I don't know, when you look at it on a, on a wider scale it's you know some of it's quite dawning on you sometimes but um but no it's good to like i said managed to stay safe and like you said, it's been a bit of a hard time, but it's been like that sort of for everyone. But um, but no, hopefully we can get back doing gigs and stuff and 
Yeah, good. I just want to go on holiday, Jeff. If I'm honest, <laughs> I just want a bit. Of yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I don't know what the weather's like out there where you are, but out here it's hot and then it rains and then it's wet again and then it snows and all this. Like, I just want a bit of sun. <laughs> I just want to go somewhere. Honestly, <laughs> the weather this week has just been up and down. Like it's like it has a personality disorder. Honestly, like you never know where where yeah. what what you're gonna get like you can't even trust the weather forecast because it, it usually lies anyway yeah. so just random pack, like I, I go and do PE and teach like along with the music and i pack my coat and then pack a pair of shorts or pack trousers i don't know what i'm gonna be wearing because of the weather <laughs> and... the nightmare windy but yeah a bit of sun bit of sun will do me nicely like spain or somewhere you both need to come out to la i'm telling you you got plenty of sun and uh Mostly nice people. Mostly. Don't. I'm down, Jeff. I'd be there tomorrow if I could. I'd be there. You love it. What are, the venues, what are the venues like in LA? What are the music venues? In- oh man, we got we got we got a pretty good fair amount. Um, they come in pockets. There's the Sunset Strip, and then there's downtown, and there's different places, and it's really spread out. It's like it's huge. Um, yeah, yeah. I always tell everybody LA is probably the equivalent of like five average u.s cities um so it's very spread but yeah the clubs are great man it's um a lot of really cool clubs specialized clubs um and they're great venues and there's great support for live music all the time pre-covid but you know it um it'll come back i mean some of the great ones like the troubadour which has been on the news they've kind of been struggling to make it but they're still doing their thing and they're doing live streaming and um yeah. both of you i would suggest uh if you can get in at the troubadour it'd be a great gig yeah. we'll get we'll get josh from lms uk to look into it shall <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell josh to book it yeah, I'll we'll, make we'll josh go on book tour it. in la yeah. that'll yeah, be our I'll, first break be i'm great. so down jeff can sort us out at the troubadour no, yeah. I'm, I'm down yeah man <laughs> I'll be I'll be your ambassador of sorts, but uh, no, I I think the LA scene is uh, I think it's good. I think it's interesting. It's very diverse. It's not one thing. It's not like oh well, it's really like this. There's all kinds of mini scenes. I mean, you've got uh, areas like Echo Park, Silver Lake, which are more kind of like the independent, um, you know, alternative rock or singer-songwriter, you know. Um, you've got downtown LA, which is like the new hot spot, which you can get everything from acoustic rock to, you know, full-on funk, reggae. I mean, there's so is much it, diversity. You guys would love it. one road? So, like, is it on a strip or is it sort of all spread out and, like, is it massive? It's massively spread. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I can't even really positively, like, really describe it to you, but it's just like, oh man, it's outrageous. It really, very spread out, very spread out. The only part that's kind of compartmentalized the Sunset Strip, you've got the Roxy, the Whiskey, you know, a lot of these legendary bars and clubs, but outside of that, it's just like, it's very spread. yeah no but it's definitely worth it i think um there's a lot of music lovers in california and definitely for both of your styles i've checked out both your music i think it would it would play very very well um just a matter of getting out there connecting to the people and and just letting them hear you 
give them a shot to hear your artistry you know oh definitely and i think that's that's the the, the main goal i think for both of us anyway at the minute is just sort of get out there do your gigs but then you need to promote your sort of your image and your sound and stuff as well and like i said this covid is giving that little little drive and, and if not it's just you know imagine going out to la and doing gigs and you know just trying to make a career of doing it being mad I'd be, I'd, I'd, I think I'd fit in well, Jeff, in LA. I think oh, I think I think you'd get on very well. I think you would. You know, the main thing, the main thing about LA, I would say, and probably for any city, and you guys probably feel the same way um, over there, is that it's just about keeping real with your artistry, staying true to what you are, and just finding the people who love everything about you, what you do. Because it's an easy place to get caught up in the hype and, you know, the record label and this and that. And, I mean, I myself got caught up in it. And it's it's not wrong with it. I mean, I mean, it's, it's nothing wrong with pursuing a career. But I think as long as you yeah. just stay focused on, like, okay, here are my songs. This is what I love. This is who I am. This is what I'm talking about. And just staying strong to your message. And everything else that kind of surrounds it is just a bonus. I mean, you'll, you'll kill it. Yeah. Just even in, like I said, not getting too caught up in your own sort of publicity, isn't it, as well? I think that's the yeah. main thing. Yeah, you can get tied up in it for sure. You can get tied up. I know for me, you know, when I was really going at it hard, it was just like, I got to get the deal. I got to get the deal. I got to get the deal. And, you know, and it's nothing wrong with pursuing a deal. It's nothing wrong with it. It's yeah. just you can get lost in that. And I felt that I got a little bit lost in it and it got to a point where it's just like, do I like the music? Am I making music for a label that is talking about signing? It just it gets confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of art. I mean, I think pretty much every artist puts too much pressure on themselves. That makes sense because like there's always that question like am i good enough like is this track i've put out good enough but it's just like if you keep asking yourself are you good enough you're never going to get anything done so you've got to learn on the process so i i definitely feel that myself like i'm i'm quite a perfectionist when it comes to writing recording i'm primarily like a vocalist and if something's not right i will like push it until i'm happy with it but that would just in the end just get me stressed out because like have to go reach that end goal but sometimes it's just too far to reach if you're like in that perfectionist zone and sometimes you just gotta be real and say look this is this is the best i can do and i can just work on things for the next one and that's how you progress so yeah it's it's quite easy to get caught up in yourself and what you think is is good and am i good enough but um at the end of the day you just gotta keep learning I think it's just a trial and error as well. So, like, mm. I think in the month I've learned, I've learned so much. Like, just going into detail, just like, right, what age brand am I trying to, you know, promote my music? What am I going to look like? What, what's the, you know, the style of music? And I've put songs out there on Spotify, and I've taken songs down, you know, because you, like you said, you got to get the numbers, and then do you like it? Do you not? And it's all just a trial and error. And I think until you're never going to, it's always going to be sort of like that in a way. Um, but no, you, like, like I said, you can, you can get lost in it very, very easy. Um, just like, even, mm. even if you, oh, that's the best thing I've heard, you know, like, oh yeah, look at me, you like, but no, but <laughs> I think it's also an exciting thing, isn't it? That it's like part of the whole creative process. 
Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, tell me, tell me both of you about you know. I mean, while we're on that topic of like you know, when you're in the studio and you're working on a song and you're very excited about it, and you really like the song, you're digging it. You know, you've got this vibe. It's like, okay, this is something I believe in. How do you, how do you know when you're done? You know, how do you, how do you cut it off and just say, you know, I'm not driving myself crazy. This is this works for me. For me, I don't think you're ever like hundred percent done with a song. I just think where you get to a point where you just get sick of it. <laughs> you just get for me. You just get sick of trying to perfect little things, and you know, I think getting feedback from people as well is a main thing because as a musician, like, and I think Shannon will say, if you're a perfectionist, you can just sort of, oh, I don't like that note. Oh, I want to change that hi hat on the drum or different things, and I think you get to a point as soon as you start overthinking the little things of it, and you keep showing you. you you know, getting feedback, and they're like, oh, "I don't know what the difference is now, mate." Like, what, that sounds the same. <laughs> I think that's the point where you then get to right. I need to move on here. But I always like in the studio. I like the development phase of it. I like writing because obviously I'm acoustic. I like writing the song, you know, the vocal, and then when I get into the studio, I think that's when the song sort of comes alive. And I think, you know, as soon as you you write a song, but I think a song is actually properly made and when you're in the studio because again an idea comes to you when you're listening to it or you're singing a vocal part and you think, Oh I can add a harmony and for me, yeah, that's the main part when I like to go in. But again, it's been different this year. We haven't been able to get into a studio. So we've had a lot more time to focus and, you know, maybe like Daniel said, perfect that and things where maybe in other times you would have just moved on because you have deadlines and stuff. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Daniel, mm. as well. Yeah, so um, I started going into studios before the first lockdown. Um, I was recording a collaboration track um, with a producer and I felt like during the studio time I could just focus on my vocals and nothing else and I really liked that because now I record my my songs at home in my home studio and I have so much more to think about like it's great learning a whole new skill set on how to record as I had never done it before I'd, I'd never like knew how to use a recording program and everything like that and what microphones to buy I, I didn't even have to think about that before I just turn up in a studio focus on my vocals what I've got to do and then go, get out of there and just hear the track back but now I'm learning to edit vocals like comp everything um and just a, a brand new skill set that I'd, I'd never had to do before so um yeah, I think it's it's definitely a positive thing, um, like having all this extra experience that I wouldn't have had before. Um, but I do miss that kind of just turn up to studio and that's my only job, just to sing. <laughs> because yeah, it's just it's just nice to just to just do that. But um, I think you then you just you to learn and adapt, don't you? Yeah, and I think you just focused on it a little bit more as well. You know, you, you you get your drummer and your bass player, whatever, and then they've got their bit, and you you know you're working with them because you trust them to come up with something brilliant. And then it takes the pressure a little bit off yourself. And again, it can it can be a big difference because it then gives you that extra sort of two percent, three percent of a better vocal part than maybe if you're working on other little. And like I said, I think in the song as well, like those little. I'm working with a DJ at the minute and we've done a song and we're being patient with it because we think a vocal could be that maybe 2%, 3% better. And at the minute it's given us that time to sort of do that. And like you said, perfect it. But I think 
you want to try and make a song that you're proud of and you want to listen to every day and you want to push and you want to make as best as it can because when it's when it's out there it's done isn't it you're like it's, it's when it's out it's out yeah so you gotta love it because <laughs> i mean you could pull it back but you know it's it's out there in the universe so you want to love it for i don't know about you guys but like i i feel like i get a little bit sick of my track before it's out because i've listened to it so many times because i want to make sure it's like perfect but if you listen to something too much you definitely get lost in it and you're like you need to just give yourself like a week or two and then listen back to it with fresh ears like because you got to remember that people are listening to this for the first time and they've never heard it before so um i mean yeah i've got a song out in like two days and i've definitely listened to it too much like to just pick everything out too much but um at the same time, I'm still excited for everyone to hear it for the first time. But I yeah. do think you can over-listen to your own stuff and then you just second-guess everything. Because I know yeah. I have. <laughs> I think it's just a balance. Finding that balance, I think, with like how much you... Mm. Yeah, I just think it's a whole balance thing. But it's not the worst thing in the world, being sick of your own song. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not the worst thing. Because if you then put that out there and then someone else gets sick of it, I take that as a compliment. I think then that means you've made something. That means they're listening to it a lot. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. So, but I know what you mean. You've got to be careful because you don't want Because then it affects, like like you said, Shannon, has it affected your release process of how much you push the song if you're sick of it? Um, no, it's literally just a personal thing. Again, I think it's my personality because I, I am a perfectionist. So I listen out for things that, like... I don't know that I can do better, but at the same time, yeah. it's like it's it out for release. I can't do anything. I can't touch it. Yeah. There's no point trying yeah. to just criticize it anymore. Once it's yeah. out, it's out, and and that's it. And I, overall, I'm proud of it because I got to a point where I was I was like, right, you know what? I'm happy with this. I'm happy for all of this to go out. <laughs> so I think it's just a personal thing. Yeah, and I think sometimes as well, it's that because like at the end of the day, being a musician, if you do it, if you you know in a fortunate position to do it as a job it becomes a job and it is work and you mm. know as much, you know it, it, then then sometimes you forget that you think right i'm just doing this now because like the label want me to do it or it's work and you have to get it done and at the same time pull back and think no this is you know for pleasure and enjoyment and it's music and i want to you know not just push it out as work and then you forget about it like an essay you wouldn't reread your essay for your gcse after you've done it sort of thing because if it's work yeah right? Finding that balance as well, because sometimes, especially when you're working with other people, uh, it can be a bit of a different process and different things get in the way. But it's all, again, just part of learning and trial and error again, finding that balance. Most definitely, most definitely. So take me both uh, to to the beginning for both of you. When, where were you? When, when was it that you were listening to music? Which artist was it that was just like, I think... I got to do music. I think this is my path. Mm. Um, God, that's a good question. So I have more of a musical theatre background. So ever since I was at school, I always wanted to do the school plays, the school shows. I got into the Brit school. I don't know if you've heard of the Brit school in, uh, in England, but um, it's a it's a school for performing arts, and um, a lot of big 
superstars have come out of there, like Adele, Jessie J, um, Amy Winehouse. So a lot of people came out. So I was so, like, excited when I auditioned and I got in there. And I studied musical theatre there. So I did a variety of singing, dancing and acting combined. And then I went more down the path of, um, like, theatre um, and, and singing within shows. But I've always had this passion for songwriting. I, I picked up the guitar when I was about, I'd say, eight years old. Um, and I, I started singing lessons um, when I was around that age as well. Um, and I've been doing stage shows since I was five years old. So I've always had that, like, urge to perform within me. Um, and in terms of artists, um, well, my parents were always playing Queen around the house. So since a young age, I was always like into my parents' music because it was just like, I was just like, so exposed to it all the time. And it would just be the, the classics like Stevie Wonder, um, Queen, um, just like, yeah, stuff my parents listened to. And then... I guess when I was a teen, I started listening to a lot of pop that everyone else was listening to. But then I studied music and I was op my eyes were open to it, like so many more genres. And I started hanging around a lot of boys at school and they were listening to rock music. And I got into a bit of heavy metal, which like I'm not as fond of anymore, but it was that teenage like grunge sort of stage um, at secondary school <laughs> that um, some people may have gone through. And um yeah, so I feel like I've grown up exposed to a lot of different genres and appreciative of, of a lot of different styles of music. And I kind of just pick the best of the best and, and combine them. And that's what influences my songwriting, as well as sort of musical theatre composers as well. They've uh, they've inspired my writing as well, such as Jason Robert Brown. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, Stephen Sondheim. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of, of theatrical composers that um, also inspire me. Um, but more, more recently, I've been inspired by artists like Leanne Le Havis, Arlo Parks. Um, some people refer to me as like a female version of Ed Sheeran kind of style. But yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass over to Max now because I feel like I've given my life story. <laughs> That's a great story. How say you, Max? Um, go on, Jess. No, how say you? Tell me about your okay. journey. Um, yeah, so no, mine was... Um, I remember, like, my first sort of... I've always played piano sort of when I, was, when I was young and always sort of played piano all the way through. And I remember when I was younger, like, Michael Jackson used to come on down in our, like, local community centre and... Like in our little pub and stuff, um, and they they play it, and I'd always just I, n I didn't necessarily know who he was at the time, but I knew the songs, um, and I'd always, I'd always like get a hat on, and I'd always try and do like the performing dances, I did the moonwalk and stuff like that, and and because it was local, everyone each year when the Christmas party and stuff would come on, they'd be like, oh, get get Max up to do it, and I'd start doing that when I was a bit younger, but the the first sort of artist I remember and being like, I want to do that. Was I was in a I was in a um, a hotel in I think it was St Albans, which is a town near where I am, um, and I w walked in the hotel and you, you sit in the lounge bit and we were going to a party and we sit in the lounge bit and you have those screens didn't you that come on on the telly sometimes and you have like one of the music channels 
and Jason Mraz's song I'm Yours came on and I remember watching it and I was like oh I want to I want to write something like that and that was sort of the first there's probably songs beforehand that influenced me but that was the one that I can remember being like yeah I want to give that a go and then I was at school I always done like I said piano and guitar and things like that and there was then you know my main background's football so I used to go and do a lot of football training after schools and there was a theatre show which was Les Miserables and my music teacher was like oh you should audition and I was like oh I don't know I don't know if I want to do it and then I auditioned for it and I didn't really know a lot about it I thought it was like an acting I didn't know it was all singing (laughs) and if I knew it was all singing I probably never would have done it (laughs) but my teacher sort of I think she knew I didn't know and sort of guilted me into like doing it without telling me she kept me quiet but then done the audition and everything and then my teacher was like oh you've got um you've got the main part and I was like how did that happen <laughs> was you marius yeah i got i then played um valjean so then all of a sudden oh my playing... god Shannon wow. doesn't know. i Definitely. play i played fontaine in my secondary school <laughs> Man. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, to tell you it's just an amazing production to be in but i thought there would be a few words and stuff so i was a bit um i felt i i felt a bit out of my depth but as soon as we'd done the shows you know i think out of the, the school it was the hundred centenary year of the school and it was just amazing to be in and that buzz you got of singing in front of everyone and we got a stand innovation nearly every night and it was just like i want to do this now and then i joined the band and yeah band went to uni we done well we played at like o2 academy Islington and things like that um and then yeah i then now i've been doing it solo and you know been trying to trying to push it and keep going but yeah, I, I blamed the teacher. She guilted me and secretly got me into that show like, telling me what it was, but I'm glad she did. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. So you both have very interesting beginnings. It's very cool. Very cool. So from there, I mean, I know you both kind of touched on performing, but let's let's delve into a little bit more. I mean, tell me more about like the very first musical um, or, or music performance with your music, what did it feel like, and were you nervous, and how did you get through it? I, I think like um, when, go Shannon. <laughs> so, my first ever. Sorry, Max. <laughs> my my first ever ever musical performance was when I went to a stage school. I was. No, I was six years old and we had our first ever big show on a big stage in our local town hall. And they gave me a solo to Kylie Minogue's I Should Be So Lucky. They played the backing track. They dressed me in like a a cowgirl hat, um, like crop top and a mini skirt. I don't know why they dress a six year old like that, but that's what I was. That was my costume. I was very nervous. I'd never sung in front of anyone before, like, let alone a big audience. And um, I got through it. And I, m- my dad videoed me. And um, yeah, that was that was my first ever <laughs> performance at, at six years old. Um, but I mean, moving on to like teenage years, I started actually doing gigs from about fourteen mm-hmm. with my guitar. Um, and yeah, I think because I've been performing for quite a long time, like since the age of six, I was kind of just like, 
used to having a crowd and performing, but I was definitely that was the most nervous I'd ever ever been that first performance, and I remember it very clearly. <laughs> of course, it's always the first one, you know. It's uh, that first show kind of breaks you in, and then after that, it's like I can do this. I'm a, I'm alive. I still my pulse is still good, you know. But it is that first time. It's just like. You're standing on the side of the stage. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. Should I do it? If I'm going to die, are they going to kill me? Was, you know, yeah. No, I know the feeling. What, what about you, Max, at the very first show, you know? Well, mine's a bit different because obviously my background was always piano. And I remember like at school and junior school, I'd always sort of play the piano in sort of a morning assembly. And because you're not singing, it's a bit different. You're playing piano. And I remember the first one I then joined, got into senior school and I joined the rock band, the school rock band. And it was literally, they needed a keyboard player. So I'd done the keyboard and everyone else was singing and I was just playing the keyboard. And the song was Travis Scott, uh, Billionaire. So I was just playing on the piano and I'm thought, oh, this is quite, <laughs> and I'm just like four chords. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. I was giving it all and everything, like standing up. I was like, yeah, I'm going to play. In my and it was really cool. And then gradually I just kept moving to the front of the stage you know i started like at the back of the piano and then all of a sudden i was on the side and then i got to the front and then i started you know picked up a guitar and when i then picked up a guitar about sort of 14 15 you know i then started you know singing and you know i sang in my class with gcse music and i was always writing i was writing on the piano i then transferred it to guitar and that's when i started singing and yeah my first actual singing in front of people was that les mis show um that was like the first time i properly like sang in front of anyone and it like i knew i could do it and then my teachers sort of knew i could do it but i never really did because i was always like the best way i tell people is like you know high school musical and you have troy bolton <laughs> uh, i was i was him <laughs> not as cool not as cool not as cool but my background was always football so I always just stuck to the football I always stuck to the football never really done the singing and then one day I then done Les Mis and all my mates were like where's where's that where's he been hiding that one and yeah and that's why it was such a good feeling um but yeah that was my main sort of first proper you know apart from the piano and stuff um and then got into a band and then we done was, they we used to do like fashion shows at our school and you got everyone dressing up in these really wacky costumes and then me I'm on stage with my band and and singing and I look back at it because we've got the video and you know when you sound like really bad but at the time you think you were really I don't know if you get it Shannon when you look back on songs that you sung when mm -hmm. you were like oh yeah you went, you went to Brit school it's a bit different you're you're more talented at it than I am <laughs> no, but Brit school was was for college. There's been times before then where I was. Let's yeah. say, let's say I don't want to look back at those performances. <laughs> yeah, but but again, you know, you you learn as you perform. So if you don't, yeah. you know, uh, second, third, fourth, fifth show, you're never gonna get, you know, better. And at the end of the day, as long as you just get past the point of caring what people think, and you're like, look, I enjoy this, I'm gonna do it regardless. I think that's then when you you start showing people, oh, actually, he's he's or she's good. So, but yeah, that was sort of my. I like throwing the High School Musical because Zach Efron's a good-looking guy as well, so it's quite nice. It <laughs> <laughs> fits you well, yes, sir. Hey, so you you bring up a good topic, which is um, you know not caring about what people think and 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 what 
you know, people having their input and, and you know, and, and I hear both of you. You're both very talented. You're both great singers, great artists. But I think, you know, and I'm sure you probably felt the same way, both of you. You know, when you you hear an artist that you like or that you admire and, you know, you're listening to them and you're checking them out and you say, you know what? They just got it like that. You know, it's always just kind of this natural inclination. They just, they're just really good. It's all natural. You know, their first song was probably great. The first time they recorded it was probably perfect. But I always like to share with the audience, I mean, the trials and tribulations of not just music, but life and, and the setbacks and overcoming it. So I'd like for both of you to give me an example of something in music um, where, you know, you, you might have been disappointed. You might have thought things were going to work out different than, than the way they were or something like that. And, and how you yeah. move past it and got around it. I, I just think the main the main one is just gigs. You know, you start off gigging and, you know, I remember I'd done this gig with my band in Hitchin where local and there was 200 people and we were on a stage and they were clapping along and we were like oh this is amazing and then <clears throat> two weeks later we were like right we're going to London and we're going to do a gig and like oh we're going to make it even better than the one we just did and there was four people and you just think what what are we doing this and and I think that's just you know the thing to portray to people and all these artists that you know, and now at that level is everyone just sees the top level and they don't see what was before that. And I think there's a there's a saying um, that I got from Usain Bolt's uh, film. It's like there's a difference between what you see and what you don't see. You know, with Usain Bolt, for example, what you see is him running nine metres, nine, nine seconds, 100 metres in nine whatever seconds and, you know, getting his gold medal you know that's all they see the nine ten seconds of him running and winning what they don't see is all the hours and everything else that he put into that and right. I, I just think from you know just doing gigs and stuff i don't know about the other side if shannon wants to touch on the other parts but mm. it's just you just got to keep keep going because even out of those four people you never know who's going to be there so you just got to do your do your best i think as well how about you shannon yeah, so, um, yeah, I agree with the, the gig stuff because, I mean, there's it, nothing more disappointing than putting your all into a performance and it just falling on deaf ears, you know, because, oh, I can't make it because, I don't know, my granny's sick, blah, 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 all, the, all those excuses. And it's just like, there's the show and it's got to go on and you've still got to do what you would have done even if there was a 100 people there. Um but at the same time, like you can use those shows that nobody's there to just practice your live performance. So, it, you know, it, sh it shouldn't hinder you at all, even though you may feel that it kind of is breaking you a little bit inside. Um, you just got to keep going. But I'd say another point that I'd, I'd find quite disappointing um, is that, well, I think social media at the moment, I think musicians are very heavily reliant on it because we can't do shows can't do live shows it's all kind of live streams and just hoping people will tune into that hoping people will see your post about your single hoping people will share your stuff and when it doesn't go that way you kind of just feel like people don't care and then that if you take it too personally which some people may do it can really start affecting your mental health as well like 
if especially if you put all of your time and effort and a lot of money into advertising things and just trying to push your your content out there and and your your stuff when it when it feels like it's just falling on deaf ears and and you feel like you don't get anything back from that it's kind of a, an obstacle that's put in your way to to keep going but again i think it's just about having that mindset of um just keeping keeping it up keeping going keep it keep it going and um just moving forward really and and not really caring what people think but at the same time you know you still want to build your fan base um and and attract new listeners so again there's a balance there of trying to you know look create uh, look a- attractive as a brand as you brand yourself as a band or musician but at the same time not taking it too personally and being too hard on yourself if it doesn't get successful straight away or if your post doesn't do that well you just make a post better the next time or you you just experiment as you go along and i think i think it's those little things as well that's the hardest thing you know going and doing a gig in front of 200 people like the challenge as well that's probably not the easiest thing but it's easier you know than probably right how am i going to build an extra few followers on instagram you know how am i going to go into the detail of doing this image what am I going to wear that work rate and i think people forget that is sort of a little bit harder than actually you know like they're doing the gigs and the writing because that's what that's the fundamental of it you know right oh that's what you want to get be able to do that on a big scale got to do all those little things and those little things are probably the art Thing. And I know I find it when I go to bed at night, I'd come up with an idea and I'm thinking, oh, how can it? And you can stress yourself out. You can constantly just keep going around in circles trying to, mm-hmm. you know, get to that point. Yeah. No, most yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's just being in love with your art and with what you're doing. <clears throat> And everything else will follow. You know, it's um, some things are out of our control and timing is out of our control too. But as long as you just love it, man, you just love it. You know what I mean? Your songs, you just love it. You know, and I I feel it, you know. When I see artists perform and I can tell they love the hell out of their music, I might not even be into that style, but it's just like, you know what? She's jamming, man. Like, I I don't even know what she's saying, but damn like i could tell she really feels it and you know um it carries it carries a lot it, it definitely does that's a massive thing if you don't believe in your own music and what you're creating what you're putting up, no one's going to you know what i mean you're the big promoter and the big muse for your music um like you said you need to listen to your own music shadow until you're sick of it <laughs> Exactly. You need to get to my stage of where you're sick of it, and then you know you are there. That's when you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so so you know, parlaying off of that topic, there, you know, social media and and um, you know, and, and it's addictive. I mean, it's you know, cell phones are addictive. Um, you know, um, in this modern day world, I mean, sometimes I think about, you know, if we could time travel to, say, the 60s or the 70s, I'm not going to say it was easier, but at the same time, too, we didn't have the distractions that we have today. You know, you could just kind of just do your own thing because you just weren't connected to the whole universe through your, your gadget. So for both of you, when you want to write that song and you want to get into your, your mode, how do you do it? How do you block the outside world? 
and tune out and tune in. I, I, think, I think touching on the social media part of it, I think it's become harder to get recognized because of lockdown as well, you know, with the social media. You know, there's so many people putting stuff on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook now and doing live streams and, you know, it, this platform has all of a sudden just become massive from people because nothing, no one's else got anything to do. So it's become harder in that aspect. But, yeah, I think just sort of, again, it sort of helped, you know, be isolated because you have to isolate from the world at the minute, you know, in your bubble. And I know there's times where, you know, on a Saturday, I'd probably have been going out at nine o'clock or doing a gig or meeting people when now you're, you're stuck with all these feelings and like, what can I do? And, you know, you channel it out in a song. But I think that'll be a hard transition. And I don't know about Shannon as well, because I do a lot of my writing now because of what we've gone through in the evening. You know, there's not a lot to do. You'd be going out, you'd be meeting people, this and that. And now it's just sort of, you know, we need to find an, another way to do it. But I think as well, you know, when we're back to normal life as well, there'll be a little bit more to write about and new experiences and different things that you go through. But I think you just got to mm. be relaxed with it and, you know, just designate a time where, right, I'm going to relax now. I'm going to let it come naturally. And that's when I think the best sort of material comes as well. Because if you're stressed and you really want to push and write a song, it's not going to, not going to come out as well as it would be if you're, you know, relaxed or vulnerable and, you know, in your emotions sort of thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely need to feel relaxed in order to have the best writing come out. But at the same time, if I kind of sit down and dedicate time to writing, I, I don't get the best writing from that. I sometimes think I get the best writing from just when it randomly hits me, like, whether that's an emotion or an experience I've gone through, I might not have planned to write that day, but because I felt something that day, I had all these lyrics pop into my head that I had to write down. And I'm like, right, this is it. This is this is my calling for a song. And it's, it's randomly hit me, but I've, it's got to happen now or it will go away. So yeah. I think for me, it does, it, it does happen randomly. I mean, there are times where I, I dedicate to try and write songs, but they may not be as good as when it <laughs> when it comes in a, on a, at a random time. But um, yeah, I think. But despite all of that, like all of the times, I do feel relaxed and in the zone, even though it might have been about a different emotion. Like once I've overcome that, and I th really think about it and why I felt like that. I feel like I'm in a really concentrated state and I just, I can fully be myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think the main thing as well is, you know, not the like technique I use is I try not to leave a song unfinished. You know, even if I think it's a really bad song, uh, I think it's just important to, you know, get it done, get it out. And then even if you never listen to it again, at least you've let what you were feeling at that moment out because then that's when the good song will then mm. come in. Otherwise, you'll find they'll channel into different songs. And, you know, you might have just wasted, you know, time or whatever. But I think that's an important little tip that I've learned as well when writing. And like you said, it's different. You know, I can sit down and sometimes the song will come out and sometimes I'll sit down and it won't. And sometimes it will come randomly or sometimes I'll have to, you know, force it. And I mm. think it's different artists as, as well. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, Stevie Wonder once said that. I think I heard him say that. Somebody was asking him for advice, and he said, never leave a song undone. Always complete it, even if you don't end up liking it or if you don't want to use it. But yeah. he, he's just like, it kind of builds a flow of um, ideas, you know, of, of completion. So that's great. That's great. So I wanted to talk to you both about your, your songs. Like I said, I've checked out both of, of your music and I'm, and I'm really liking it shannon um i also checked out a couple of your tunes and um i did really like now i'm standing tall and i thought that was interesting can you tell me more about it yeah so um if that's the song you're referencing that you listened to earlier it's called but he's there mm -hmm. but that is a lyric in the song isn't it i think <laughs> I think so. Are you referencing yeah, the I, song? <laughs> Hang no, on. The song I said to you on SoundCloud. Now I'm standing yeah. tall. Yeah, but I was actually now talking I'm about a, a, a different different song. It's now now I'm standing tall. I think it's on your Facebook or. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. No, it's not called that. But I'm thinking it's. I'm thinking it's oh. one of my songs. Now, now you see me. Is it now you see me? Sorry. Is it on YouTube? Yeah, I think it's on Facebook. Now you, now see, you see me. me? Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I was, it was, yeah. I was quoting a lyric that's in the song. My bad. It was the lyric in the song, but I, I got the title. <laughs> I thought so because I, I thought I recognized it. I was like, that is one of my lyrics, but you, I can't you, you know, our, it's right. us creatives, our brains are like, whoo. <laughs> I think that's yeah. that's that's Jeff's way of telling you to change the name. <laughs> <laughs> change the title because that's the lyric. No, but tell me about the inspiration behind the song and 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 how you put that together for now. You see me. Oh wow! So um, I wrote that last year, I think. So it's kind of a bit of a recent bit of writing. Um, it's not released officially or anything, but. Um, um, I basically wrote that as a response after having an argument, um, after sort of feeling that I couldn't express myself fully, um, with a certain person and I felt like they'd always kind of put me down and not really see me for who I am and I'd, I'd never really feel like I could reveal my full self and my full views to that person because it might have upset them um but i've i felt like in my life i i reached a point where i didn't care anymore what the other person felt um and yeah basically felt like i could fully express myself finally and reveal it to that person if that makes sense so uh, it's like now now you see me and I'm standing tall and I'm finally confident to say how I feel. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to be like suppressed anymore. Um, that sort of thing. It's kind of a bit deep, but <laughs> yeah, that's how I was, I was feeling at the time. So that's how the song was born. It's, it struck me. It really stood out to me and, and I really liked your artistry on that. And it, it, it it stuck out to me. It's just like that that line. Now, now I'm standing tall. I thought that was that was great. And um, and for you, Max, um, like I don't know if you caught it, but earlier I, I did a song review 
on your song uh, together, but I'm also a fan of Find a Love. The whole, so the two songs together and Find a Love are part of a five track EP, uh, which was basically, you know, about a breakup and, you know, the link between um, the reason it's called Together is it's sort of got a double meaning, you know, it's about, you know, the song itself called Together is about, you know, after the certain, you know, disconnection from a person, you go out and then you see the person again for the first time after everything has gone on. And it's sort of about, you know, nothing really matters because you're sort of together and you're in the same place and, you know, you can see each other and, you know, if they want to talk and stuff like that. And that's sort of, you know, when making the EP, it becomes a bit of a different meaning because, you know, it's about being together at the time and how you're not together at the minute and it all fits nicely with lockdown as well. And I think with Find a Love, it was sort of, you know, the send-off track to the EP because, again, it's sort of about, you know, forgiving and, you know, no matter what, I want you to be happy. And, you know, that sort of feel of letting go as well. And what I found, obviously, with this EP, because of what I went through, you know, during lockdown and the breakup and et cetera, it, it was sort of therapeutic in a way as well. And it was um, it was really fun, if anything, to do. And, you know, there was different songs. There was songs at the beginning like bottle lids which i wrote two years ago and then find the love was obviously you know two months before the ep came out so you know it was um it was great fun to do but yeah find the love um especially i wanted you know it to be raw and i really wanted the vulnerability to come out and i think it's important because you know people then you know relate to it more and i hope people that have listened to it you know um make it their own and you know, related to whatever they're sort of going through. And I think love is such a universal thing as well, um, which was obviously the theme of the EP too. But yeah, I think Find a Love is one of, definitely one of my favourite songs of the EP that we, that we, that we did. Yeah, yeah, it, it stood out to me. It definitely um, has that universal appeal. And, and now that you've broken it down for me, it's, it's just kind of like about a, you know, full circle, you know, and, and, and being together and, being apart, being back together, you know. Yeah, and I and I think and I think the the great thing as well as what I sort of wanted to convey was just, you know, the rawness of it. You know, sometimes the breakup is very delicate, and you know, with most of the songs like "Pray," it's just me and a piano. You know, "Find the Love," just me and a guitar. Um, and yeah, it's quite um, like easy to play live as well because that's how I play it live and. Yeah, it just shows that vulnerability, I think, and rawness and delicate of the situation that, you know, I'm assuming a lot of people would have gone through as well during, you know, COVID. You know, it's changed, especially people's relationships and, and things like that. And at the end of the day, you know, I write music as a therapeutic thing as well. But, yeah, I hope I'm, I'm thankful that you, you liked that song and I hope, yeah, people are listening to it. And I think it was just a good way to start on what I want to carry on and do next for sure for sure you both are very talented you both are unique um you both have unique voices it's it's um i can't remember the phrase but i just remember uh i, I read this book last year this producer um ted templeman who uh he crafted all kinds of big hits in the 70s and you know van halen and all kinds of big name artists, but one thing he he says is uh, what 
uh, a sign of an artist that's going to do well is having a voice that's recognizable. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like you hear it and you know it's them and you're like, oh, that's, oh, okay. I, I know that, you know, and you both have that and I really like it because it, it sets you apart and it's identifiable. And, uh, you know, I think, I, I, I think it's well, it, it, like, like Shannon, you can get lost because sometimes, you know, you listen, like me and Shannon would listen to artists and we think, oh, yeah, that's this person and that person because, you know, like you said, they're recognizable. Where I don't know if Shannon feels it sometimes I sing and I feel like, are people, do people know it's me? You know, do people recognize it? And I think that's a hard thing to, you know, get your head around and well, um, but. Again, yeah, it's just being unique and hoping, yeah, it relates to other people. And me and Shannon have also, Jeff, planning on doing a song, uh, mm-hmm. which we're, which we're going to have to send you. Actually, we're going to have to send you the demo. Yes. But me, yes. no, working on some stuff as well. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I'd love to hear you guys do a song together. I think that would be. Um, yeah, two two great voices, two great writers for sure. Well, well, do you, do you want me to tell you a little bit more about it? Yeah, yeah. So ba- basically, I, I obviously mean me and Shannon work with the same uh, same company um, on sort of media side of things, and I spoke to Josh and who helps you know, and he was I was like, look, I'm looking at collaborating with other artists. You know, I want to, you know, gain. Um, you know, I think it's just a great thing to have a different following, you know, let some fans see you, different, just reach out to different people and different fans as well. And, you know, I came across uh, Shannon's voice and I had this song that I always wanted a female singer to sing. And, you know, I heard Shannon sing and I thought, oh, she'd be perfect for this song. And I sent her the song and Shannon thankfully liked it. And then, you know, I sent back the demo of her part and worked well and we've got the fundamentals down of this song and now we're just waiting to get in the studio and record it and yeah go from there but it is yeah a sort of like you said part of a breakup relationship type of song that um yeah i think could sound really cool and me and shannon definitely want to play it live on me yeah definitely yeah i'm so excited to like record <laughs> it yeah. like we've just done it um what's the word remotely so yeah it'll be cool to just like get it all together and, and release it so that'll be fun that yeah, would be awesome that would be awesome so this is great so t- tell me both where we can find you guys online do you want to go oh. first <laughs> I'm letting you plug yourself first. You can plug your... <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so my internet's so bad. Oh, my God. Um, so people can find me online. Um, if you type in at Official Shannon UK on Instagram and Facebook. If you type in Official Shannon UK on YouTube as well. Um, and you can find me on Spotify if you type in Shannon Worth It because that's my debut single and I am releasing another single on Friday. So be sure to follow me on Spotify and check out my new song on Friday. Um, and yeah, I'll let Max uh, fuck himself now. 
Yeah, so make sure to go follow Shannon. And my socials are Max Ryan Music on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify is Max Ryan. You'll be able to tell it's me if you follow my Instagram as you'll see my face. Uh, so make sure to do it. And um, yeah, I've got loads of new music <laughs> out this year. Me and Shannon have got a song that we plan on releasing this year. So yeah, give us a follow, send us a message, let us know who you are. And Jeff, thank you for doing this and, and having us on we definitely need to get out to la we're definitely hey. gonna pro- anytime any place you guys got to come out here you'll love it it's a crazy place but it's a beautiful place and uh yeah it is what we call california uh, yeah. but yeah absolutely and i want to thank you both so much for being on the show like i said you both are so talented i love the music i'm looking forward to hearing more and when you guys get that song done Sometime this year, I want to do part two. I want to get a special live performance with you both. All right? Definitely. We'll be be in the the same room as well, so we'll be allowed to. Awesome. (laughs) Jeff, thank you. This has been been great, and I hope you stay safe. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. You too, guys. And as always, make sure, keep up the hustle.